customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. It's really cool just to see how much the city of Chicago, you know, the Bears organization, the Bears fans show love to a family that they barely even know. It is amazing. I love it. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Ho. There's no ducking anybody in the NFL. It's like the Lions still have NFL players. And from the, from the athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. You know, hasn't Justin Fields done enough to at least pique your interest to see what he can do yeah. with them too? It's the Adams. That's the best in the city of Chicago. Hogan Johns. The Adams converge. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. I'm back home from the Super Bowl. Fun week. Good time in L.A. Tired? I am. I, I'm ready for a vacation. And that vacation is coming. Yeah. It's going to be kind warm. of a short one because, you know, the whole <laughs> kids thing. And... Well, it's not. sometimes it's not really a vacation when the kids are there. Right. That's And they're not going to be there. That's the Ooh. key. So uh, we're just doing a little quick. A little week you know, time, if they're, I if see. If they're not with you, you got to shorten the vacation a little bit. Sleep gets adjusted. Can't just leave the kids with the grandparents for like three weeks. <laughs> you can, but yeah, somewhat frowned uh, not, upon. Not with the baby. Maybe in a couple of years. Uh, anyway, back from the Super Bowl. Got a lot to talk about. We're gonna kind of recap what we saw. You know, tie in some Bears stuff and uh, and wrap it all up. But yeah, it was a, it was a it was a good time down there in Los Angeles. I think they put on a good show. The game was awesome. I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the halftime show, um, and we're we're gonna talk talk about it all. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns, and you can read uh, me at NBCSportsChicago.com. I do have a piece up on uh, Justin Fields. It's something I talked about last week on the pod was just how so many people were saying good things about Justin Fields, like, and they didn't have to. There's just that seemed to be the prevailing thought. Like a lot of optimism still, despite what. We have both been very critical of a choppy, bumpy, kind of a waste of a rookie season, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's still a lot of optimism around the league. So I kind of summarized everyone I talked to, Johns, and put it in a piece for everyone to read. So you can check that out on NBCSportsChicago.com. Was it Dick Buckus who completely like lit Matt Nagy's career on fire? Oh, Dick Buckus 
um, just short of literally having a flamethrower in his hand, <laughs> just torched everybody. He's he said he talked. He said he had an inside source, a buddy of his who worked for another team that I like that too. that said. Uh, this was not Dick. This was a, the guy he talked know, to from another know, team. Said that, better, yeah. that Justin Fields literally was not coached the entire season, which of course is hyperbole, but like he gets the point across. Yeah, you know, like when we were talking about that, and, and I read your stuff, and I, I just pictured, you know, those classic films of Dick Buckus. Yeah, but this time it's like Matt Nagy at quarterback with like the, the close line tackles. <laughs> oh, and, and Dick just know? taking them out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He said, uh, he said George Hallis would have rolled over in his grave watching that season. Um, and he just was was generally just, you could tell the pain he was still feeling. I love that. He's got the passion. you know. And, He's a Chicagoan, yeah. south side guy, vocational high school. Unlike Jim McMahon, who I asked, you know, do you still keep up with what's going on with the Bears? He says, no, I don't watch football. Like okay, he just—he was just there to golf with no shoes on. <laughs> it was good to talk to Jim McMahon, but yeah, that was uh trying to get any f- thoughts on Justin Fields out of him was a little bit of a chore. Um, and then he did the uh he was he was he was plugging the John Costacos uh, NFT collection. Remember that I should have actually, if you can give me one second, I ha- I could show it to our viewers on YouTube what he. What he's uh, selling? No, well, people. I think people will recognize this if I can find it. I don't, yeah, it's right here. So if you're watching on YouTube, the old Mad Mac, yeah, um, poster. So like this was made back when the Bears. And I apologize, to people just listening to the podcast. You can't see this, but you probably know what I'm talking about. It says the Grid Warrior, and he's like, he well, just, he's got that Mel Gibson Road Warrior look. Yeah, he just looks like a superhero in this thing. And it's the John Costacos collection. I mean, this was made back in the 80s. Um, and that's what, but now they're getting into NFTs, right? So that's what he was plugging. And, um, <laughs> but the, yeah, I just loved it. He goes, yeah, and then, uh, you know, I'm here pumping up the John Costacos NFTs, you know, whatever those are. <laughs> just like I love you, Jim McMahon. Uh, yeah, You're the vintage, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the best. He had the always, shades on. Always true to himself. I almost put my shades on for the interview. You should have. I should have. The last time, good. like McMahon was in town for the Bears 100, and Trubisky's out there with the shades and the headband. Yeah. Like, man, what a high time in the Bears organization that completely That's the, faded. Uh, the Super Bowl celebration of the Super Bowl that never happened. Yeah. That nobody predicted. I mean, it's not like anybody here on this podcast bought into that whole idea. 13 and three. (sighs) Whoops. All right. Well, uh, yeah, there's plenty of content. You can go back and find NBCSportsChicago.com. A lot of video, all kinds of things. So we appreciate everybody that was following along. Um, And uh, Johnsy, The Athletic had plenty of content there, too. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe if you're not already. Good crew down there from The Athletic. Had some fun catching up with some of those folks. And, um, uh, you know, there's plenty of Super Bowl content you can find, including from people who covered the game. Unlike me, I came home on Friday. I enjoyed the game from my couch. Actually, I did. That's a lie. I was not on my couch. I was at a neighbor's house good. eating some really good food. Drinking um, cocktails? I had a couple beers, yeah. I had a host on the score, though, Monday morning. You did. Yeah. That. Which was a bold decision by myself after a long week. But 
That's why I need a vacation. We're still here, though, to, to talk about this stuff. What did you, um, what was your biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl? Uh, Joe Burrow needs help up front and good for Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I still don't think he's the Hall of Fame was thrown around a lot. <laughs> I, think. I have yes, strong sir. feelings on that. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. No, neither do I. No, I mean, I, a lot of people throw out his passing numbers, like, but that he's been a volume thrower his entire career. Like, he's a guy that there's a like even when the Lions were bad, he was towards the top of the NFL in passing yards, and he was like the fastest quarterback to get to this number, and then the fastest quarterback to get to this number, just in terms of passing yards. He, um, you know, he has a lot of those records. But that's because he was a volume thrower. I think I, to me, stats obviously matter when it comes to the Hall of Fame. But it's the full resume. And when you've never been an All Pro, you've—I'm not even talking about MVP. You've never been an All Pro. You've made one Pro Bowl. And I don't necessarily love throwing out Pro Bowls, but I think over the course of you know a long career like Matthew Stafford, if anything, Pro Bowls tend to be inflated because. Like Mitch Trubisky made a Pro Bowl, you know and what I mean? Matthew Stafford not been the one, so he's only been the one. Did he one? get it this year? Did he get it? Th- he got it this year, right? Uh, I don't. Did he? I don't know. I'll check. You talk. I I would lie if I said I watched the Pro Bowl. Um, I was flying. Actually, I was flying to L.A. during the Pro Bowl. The point being, like, has he ever been the best quarterback in any given year? No, he was selected to a Pro Bowl in 2014. The year the Lions went eleven and five, and that year he had only twenty two touchdown passes. Yeah, I just look. He he's uh, actually Hubbard has said this the other day on the score when he was on with us. He said he said he's in the Hall of very good. It's a good way to put it. I just I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Just because you win a ring doesn't automatically put you in. Um, I think it helps, but he's a very good quarterback. And and I echo your sentiment, Johns. Good for him. I felt that way about a lot of the Rams players. You know, I think the Bengals were kind of the underdog pick, the sentimental favorite. I, to me, it was the Rams. Like, if I was sitting there and I was d- detached from the game, I didn't have to write about it or anything, so I was allowed to kind of sit there and say, all right, which team do I want to win? There's a lot of players on that Rams team that I felt good about the fact that they got a ring. Matthew Stafford being one of them. Aaron Donald definitely being one of them. You know, Aaron Donald didn't need a ring to go to the Hall of Fame. By any means, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer no matter what. But he kind of would have been like the defensive version of Dan Marino had he not gotten that ring. I like that analogy. And now he's got the ring. So I feel great for him and how badly he wanted. If you've been following the NFL films and him being mic'd up during the playoffs, like you could just tell how bad he wanted. So for him to make that play at the end, that was just a cool ending to me. Um, who else? I know I'm forgetting another one on that rant. Oh, Andrew Whitworth. Andrew, what a weekend for him. He wins the NFL Man of the Year Great Award. Great speech. Great speech. Um, bringing in Derek Barnes from uh, the Lions and telling that story about how you know he helped Barnes when Barnes was a kid. That's how long Whitworth's been in the league. And then Barnes came up to him when the Lions played the Rams this year after the game and just said, hey, Whit, big Whit, I made it. You know, that's that's a cool story. Then he gets his ring. He can ride off in the sunset and retire now. Um, you know, even uh, Von Miller, who already has a ring, but good for him. And even OBJ, you know. Who similarly got, like, dragged through the mud every single week for yeah. some very bad reasons, I would say. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd be champion. lying if I told you the whole. Th- I don't know everything that happened in Cleveland. No, no. But I, it does stand out to me that mo- not only his teammates, but a lot of random players around the league come to his defense. Um. So and then for him to tear his ACL in the game, which is terrible. That almost cost him the game, by the way. I actually think if Beckham did not get hurt. Oh, the Rams blow him out? I don't know if it's a blowout, but I think they're in control the whole way. I don't think they're trailing late and need that drive. Yeah. I think it changed a few things offensively for them where a lot of calls Mm -hmm. on Sean McVay's. Did you see Sean McVay's play sheet? Those are handwritten notes, by the way. Oh, yeah. Very small (laughs) writing. Well, he's a small guy. I know he's a small guy. (laughs) (laughs) Like Nagy's had this huge BU sheet with everything printed out. I I just, I'm like, look at that. Those are handwritten notes on the back sheet, on the back side of uh, Sean McVay's play sheet. Someone tweeted out, too, that like he crosses out plays. Like, I don't know what that's, you know, everyone's got their own way. it's, It's organization, is what it is. And everybody's got their way of. As long as you, what's in front of you on that call sheet is organized and it works for you, I don't really. I'm not going to get into what works for no, different people. No, I, it's I, just I, an observation. I, I I changed my like even special teams. I have a, a a a call sheet myself with some things on it, and like I probably changed that three or four times throughout the season because I'm like, ah, this is working, this is not working. Like, it, it, and it probably is the same way even at that level. I got a question for you. So now, yeah. as we move into the off season, the player acquisition period as GMs and scouts call it, is just weeks away. Free agency is fast approaching. We know the unofficial start of it's coming up in the combine, which is two weeks away for us. So, free agency starts in a month yes. from yesterday. Yes. When right I saw that, I lo- almost lost my mind. Yes, the NFL dominates the calendar. Um, the way the Rams were built, the way they were assembled, we know this is a copycat league. But I don't think that's... Exactly the path for a lot of teams to take. I th- and I'm interested to see what teams actually try to take it. You know, parting with first-round picks. Taking your home run swings on players like Jalen Ramsey who have falling outs in Jacksonville. Players like Matthew Stafford who needs a new situation to try. Detroit's still a mess. I'm interested to see how many teams try that approach thinking they have a couple core pieces and try to go all in. Well... I mean, you saw how close they were to not getting it. Yeah. I, I, I mean... I don't know if that's the best way to build a roster. No, I don't know either. And, and 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 by the way, same thing for the Bengals. Like, if the Bengals had won that game, there would have been this whole narrative that you can get by without an offensive line. And I would have hated that. I, yesterday on, on the score, I compared the Bengals to the uh, 2005 White Sox. Like a team that just caught lightning in a bottle. Like every free agent they signed had a career year. Yeah, That doesn't happen in the NFL. Now, I give them a lot of credit in some of the roster building, um, some of the drafts they've had over the last few years, but it's sort of the same thing. The White Sox had players on that team that they drafted, Joe Creedy, guys they brought in through their system, Juan Uribe, like guys like that. And they all had, go back and look at their career years. They were all 2005. And that's why I worry about the Bengals being a team that's, regresses like I hate to be that guy that like the day after the Super Bowl is very cliche being like oh Super Bowl hangover here come here it comes for the Bengals but like and let me be also be clear I love Joe Burrow and as long as Joe Burrow's their head their their quarterback 
he's they're going to be relevant. Like they're going to fight in the north. I'm not saying they're going to go 3 and 13 or 3 and 14 next year. Just I just don't know that they're going to be back in the Super Bowl so soon. And a lot of that is they got to fix their offensive line. Like they are so fortunate that they got that far. And in the end you saw it bite them. Just like it bit the Chiefs last year in the Super Bowl. That was the difference in the game against the Bucs. You can't expect to win when you give up seven sacks. They should have gotten out of the, the divisional round, giving up nine. Mm-hmm. They're fortunate they're playing a, a team in the Titans that Ryan Tannehill had a down year, wasn't ready for the playoffs. A.J. Brown's only a few backs from his return. Derrick Henry wasn't Derrick Henry in that game. It was like a perfect opponent for him. Like you said, like catching lightning in a bottle. Perfect opponent for him. Give up nine sacks and still one. Seven sacks. You're not going to win that way. Right. You're just not. You're, they were lucky it was that close because Matthew Stafford had very Matthew Stafford Lions-like moments. Still had those throws. And getting back and getting back to the idea of like what the, the, the this Rams thing. Um, Kevin Clark from the Ringer had a really good piece on kind of like how much they really poured into this. And I don't even know... Like, you go all the way back to St. Louis. Like, they move this team. They build that big-ass stadium. Like, the amount of money that was spent by Stan Kroenke to get this one ring is insane. And they almost didn't get it. I mean, they've been to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, lost. They don't make it back... Uh, the following was it two or three or one or two years in between there. I forget, but I think it was just one. No, two. It was two. So it takes them three seasons just to get back to the Super Bowl. Then we'll get rid of a quarterback who they paid handsomely. Yeah. So they had already given up all his draft picks to get Jared Goff. Doesn't work out. They ship him out. Give up more draft capital just so that Jared Goff can go with them, right? To get this quarterback. That was no for sure thing. Like, I'm really, it's a cool story that it all worked out. And this whole season ended up being decided by that weekend in Cabo. But that Matt Nagy was at, too. Yeah. He was. But, like, they almost blew it against the, the Bucs in the playoffs. They needed a really tough comeback against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. And then they're losing to the Bengals. And I don't know if you saw, but Jamar, J- Jalen Ramsey fell down on that last play, and Jamar Chase was open. And if they could have just blocked Aaron Donald, the Bengals are probably winning the Super Bowl. Well, that's a harder, it's easier to say than done, the way Donald was playing at that point, but yes. I'm just saying that was how open. close it was for all that put into that Super Bowl, that it almost didn't happen. And I think, I don't know if they would have gotten back if they had lost that game. Because it was like all in for this year. So here's the thing about the Rams. They do give up their first round picks. And like you hear Ryan Poles. Got to build through the draft. You hear a lot of first time GMs say that. And, that, and that's the, the general goal. You know, like. then you see the Rams do what they do. But the, the Rams. They kind of do build through the draft. Just look at the number of players they've drafted over the years. They trade back. A lot. Mm-hmm. That's what the Rams do. They may not have the, the first round picks. I'm looking at, they haven't had a first round pick. Still going. Since 2016, you know where the last first round pick was? Uh, in 2016? 2016? Come on. So, Jared Goff. Jared, Jared Goff. That was their last yeah. first round pick. 
That's crazy. And they and it's like two or three more years before they have another one. Yes. You know how many players they drafted this year? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You know? Nine players drafted in 2021. 2020. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 20, no, 2019. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's a lot of players. Yeah. And some of these players you'll recognize. Cam Akers, Van Jefferson, Taylor Rapp. Go back to 2018, Brian Allen, your starting center. Yeah. So th- there is a blend there, but well, and that speaks no first to, round picks, yeah. That's, that speaks to having picks, you know, wherever they are, having picks. And the reality is the Bears are on the lower end of the amount of picks in the last, I forget what, it's, I saw the stats the other day. It was like the last four or five years. It's not good, yeah. They're like towards the bottom. I think they're like third to last or something in the entire NFL. And when you look at who's the top, the gap is over 30. Like over 30 picks, like separates the bottom to the top. 30 players, that's a lot of players. Yeah. And like even if they're later round picks, you think, okay, 25 of those don't work out, but five do. Like you could potentially have five starters yeah. out of that that you otherwise don't have or you have to spend in free agency because you haven't made those picks. So that that's a that's a thing that's got to turn around here. Yeah. You know, like... What's the hit rate on first round picks? Like 50 50 usually? Yeah. If kind of later, yeah. even worse, the later you get in the first round. I still value first round picks because I think that's, you know, I still like the 50 50 odds. I might as well take them. Those aren't bad odds in terms of draft selections if you, if you really think about it. But the, the trade back approach later in the draft where you have more swings, potentially getting it right. You know, the Rams just have a different approach. The most teams, and I don't think it's going to be. It's not easily replicated because for some of the reasons you outlined by Stan Kroenke, uh, the Stan Kroenke, there we go, yeah. situation like the all-in mentality, willing to eat millions and millions of dollars. But I've always liked Les Snead, their GM, and you know he did a he did a good job to build this team, um, and they got the ring, so they, it it all paid off in the end. But I I, I think the point is, uh, I think we're in agreement that that's not necessarily the best way to go about it. And it would have been disastrous if they had not won that game because we'd be talking about, we'd probably be using that example as like the way of not doing it. Well, it's it's it just goes all back to the quarterback position too. Yeah, not everyone's going to be in Cabo this year. There's no Matthew Stafford to pursue. There just isn't. Uh, I, well, let me ask you a question though. If you're Russell Wilson, you go to you Cabo. Already play, you already <laughs> played the. I mean, yeah, is he in Cabo right now? Who's in Cabo right now? Um. You already played the game last year. Like, you dipped your toe in the water about a potential trade. They wouldn't do it. You're watching, if you're looking at Matt Stafford and you see how that ended up playing out, I mean, do you, do you force it a little bit more this year? So that's the big fish. So, what, what, which, like, which team is that? Is it the Colts that would go after him? Like, the Colts strike me as mm-hmm. that. We think we're ready in a lot of different places. We think we're close in a lot of different places on our roster. Yeah. But obviously we're lacking in quarterback. And there's already a report from Chris Mortensen that the, the Colts are either going to release or trade. I don't know who's going to trade for him. Carson Wentz. But they're going to move on from Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz was one of the big fishes last year. Uh, and by the way, credit the Bears for 
doing their due diligence on that and getting out. They decided it wasn't for him. That turned out to be a good move. I don't know if signing Andy Dalton was in, was better, but... You got Justin Fields. <laughs> well, yeah, he ended up with Justin Fields. Um, Yeah, I think the Colts... The Colts seem like a... A team that would go after. I mean, you look at the quarterback need the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs a new team quarterback. Washington. There's already been talks about Washington going out and making a big move at quarterback. Um, I I'd consider the Giants. I don't care what they said about Daniel Jones. Yeah, I don't believe. Brian I don't Gable. believe any of that crap. <laughs> I just I'm with you on that one. And 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 if they do feel that way about him, I think that they need to. Uh, then they made wrong hires. <laughs> yeah. And they made a mistake. You know who's going to get a big deal this this offseason? Here's my prediction. Our old friend Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. What's your definition of big deal, though? Oh, okay. D- didn't he get $5 million, though, last year just to be their backup? No, he got less than that. Oh, okay. Made yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah. Two years, $14 million. Maybe guarantee yeah. him 10 That's low quarterback money, though. Teams I mean, get desperate, though. Teams get desperate. But to your point, like that's backup quarterback money, and so he could get more than that if somebody really believes in him. Like he's the whoever. I don't know what's going to happen here, but like if Russell Wilson is available, like Mitch Trubisky is going to go to the team that loses out. Yeah, in in whatever quarterback derby exists this offseason. What did Brandon Bean say? What did he say exactly? Brandon Bean's the GM of the Buffalo Bills, where they would love Mr. Trubisky to return, but they already know there's no way. No way. I mean, that is... I think there's a lot of listeners right now or or YouTube watchers rolling their eyes, but it's the truth of the quarterback market. Yeah. It just really is. Mr. Trubisky's going to to be one of the biggest names in it. Young guy with upside. I was almost surprised that last year he... Had to settle for a backup spot right away. I mean, in hindsight, it makes sense, but I just, I, I, I don't think, I don't think there's any doubt this year he's going to get that well, opportunity I, I, to I, at least compete for a starting job. I think the conversation has changed about him. Yeah. After what just played out here in Chicago again for another season. Yeah, just that the, he's not the problem. He wasn't the problem. He may have been part of the problem, but he wasn't. All of the problem. Yeah, I don't know that he's 100% the solution, though. But I, I, I think you learned enough this year that you could say, um, and you're going to have a lot of, he's probably going to get a good vote of confidence from Buffalo. You know, when those people have those types of behind-the-scenes conversations they do at the Combine, right? And that's going to carry some weight. And yeah, he's probably going to get an opportunity. And I think he deserves it. And I look forward to watching that, quite frankly, and seeing if he can take advantage of it. He certainly wasn't the only problem. I, that we learned in 2021, for sure. For sure. I do think that this this loss for the Bengals is strongly going to drive the offensive lineman market this year. So if you're the, if you're a Bears fan, if you're the Bears, if you're Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus outlining your targets already, preparing yourself for these conversations at the Combine, the seven sacks that Joe Burrow took, Jamar Chase running wide open, and Burrow being thrown to the ground by Aaron Donald. That is going to influence their decisions like you wouldn't believe. You know who's got the third most, sorry, fourth most cap space? 
heading into this offseason? Cincinnati Bengals. They have the fourth most? Fourth most. Yeah. Well, then that probably go, goes against my uh, regression argument a little bit because they can at least dr- address those. They could try to buy their way out of trouble. That doesn't yeah. always work, though. Like you said, though, they hit home runs in their free agency signings last year. Trey Hendrickson, great signing. Well, yeah, but like when guys like Mike Hilton and Chidobia Woozy, like guys like that, like really pay. Even even uh, Eli Apple to a certain extent, like he had a bad Super Bowl, but he's made some plays, and that dude has been unreliable in the NFL. Can we talk about that for a second? Why does everybody hate him? <laughs> I didn't know this hate was like tenfold. Is is he like a big time trash talker amongst like he's pissed a lot of people off. Like there's a reason why he let's see, he went from New York, right? The the Giants ended up with him after the Bears leapfrogged him for Leonard Floyd. Yes, that is correct. And then he wore out his welcome there. He went down to New Orleans, I think, and or out as welcome there. I just don't think he has a great reputation. So he just pisses people off where he wherever he goes, teammates. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the guy, so I don't want to like sit here and run the bus over him. But um, and Kent, our producer, says he went to Carolina too in there. So there's yeah. a reason why he's bouncing around the league. The I point. mean, there are a lot of guys firing on him <laughs> on social media. Yeah, he's not a very popular player. Yeah, he's one of those guys that when when he starts struggling, there's not a whole lot of people holding back. <laughs> time you to know? dunk on him. <laughs> time to fire up those tweets. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. 
head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, what'd you think about the halftime show? Mm, high school Adam. Freshman, sophomore year Adam. Yeah. Love that show. Absolutely love that show. Yeah, it was great. I wanted more from M- Eminem, but like the songs I predicted they would play, you knew you were going to hear California Love, of course. Still DRE, still Dre, whatever you want to call it. It's one of my favorite rap songs. So I was happy to hear that at the end. My I biggest regret was that I did not put a prop bet on you because you could have bet on the first song and I was convinced it was going to be next episode. And it was. Yeah. And I, 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 See, I, I didn't actually, expect it. I didn't expect it. I thought they'd open up with Still Dre. Yeah. I, th- I thought that too because they use that song so much for the promo and in the trailer and everything, but I, it just seemed too obvious. I love that song. And then when you actually listen to the start of next episode with Snoop coming in, and it's just like... It, it, it seemed like a good opening song. Now, I, just, I wish I'd put my money on that. 50 Cent wasn't... Like, did, did I miss him on the like the listing? No, no. I, that was a surprise. A surprise, right? And, and the only thing is it all of a sudden created a brief letdown for me because I was, all of a sudden when 50 Cent showed up, I'm like, oh, who else is going to show up? Yeah. Like, there yeah. might be some more surprises in here and then there weren't any more. And I was like, ah. Oh. But I, the, the, we were... Like, especially you and me, and I think probably a big part of our demographic that listens to this podcast, I'm guessing. The target demo, not only for that halftime show, but for the Super Bowl. Do you see some of those ads? Like, they went Austin Powers and Scrubs. (laughs) Scrubs! Back to back. There's a Sopranos commercial in there. Like, they were trying to hit us sentimentally our and, age what, what age range would and you give that damn it it worked 37 to 44 i think 35 anyone, to 45 35 to 45 if we want to brought it out a little like i think especially like between 35 and 41 42 though you're in a sweet spot where you you can appreciate the early 90s stuff that popped up in the halftime show but also still connect with Kendrick Lamar on the back end, right? Because like I was, I was um, uh, the neighbors I was with, a little bit older than me, like 41, 42, I think. Um, or no, he just turned 40. Like was really into the early part of that halftime show, but then like he, he didn't even know what Kendrick Lamar was. You know what I mean? So like there's yep. a, there's like a there's a sweet spot in there, and I'm not saying this is not a broad statement. Everybody has their own taste in music and connects to different things. I'm just I I think right where we kind of are in that 35 to 40 range, 
like was the sweet spot for yeah. that halftime show because you could hit yeah. the early stuff and appreciate the late stuff too. And Eminem's a household name. Dr. Dre's a household name. Snoop, everybody knows who Snoop Dogg is. <laughs> but Snoop is to the point that I oh, there's there's definitely a younger generation that just doesn't that just knows Snoop from like being on TV and in movies and stuff rather than his music. True. I woke up that next morning and. Dr. Dre was the first song I listened to as I got in the shower. I, I'm going to tweet out today. How many? Be honest. How many? Ti- how many times have you watched the halftime show? I've watched it twice. Only twice. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Like I yeah. would, the, the second song by Mary J. Blige. Maybe a little more Dr. Dre. Maybe a little bit more Eminem. Yeah, the Eminem that's, thing was that, a little that, short. That, that's my only critique. Like, they made you wait for Eminem, which which is fine. But the open was great. The I I thought that second song by Mary J. Blige slowed things down. When you get all these hits, like the, all these songs that everybody knows by the other guys, and even the Kendrick Lamar thing, I think could have been a, a touch shorter. But I didn't mind it. A, I'll give it an A overall. Not A plus, A. Really good. Yeah. Although, that 50 cent surprise. Yeah, it just, fresh just dropped you, from the ceiling. That fresh, was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Blood rushing through his head. Um, freshman year, college, Adam, loved that. Mm-hmm. That was that was a, a huge song that year. Like I can vividly remember that song played a lot my freshman year of college. What was your uh, favorite ad? It was the Austin Powers one. Yeah. I don't know if it was my top one. I did like that one. Um, I actually really like that NFL commercial that dropped right before the halftime show with all those figurines. Is that the one where uh, Peyton was in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Walter Peyton showed up. Uh, I mean, Peyton Manning was in there too. There was all, it was like, no, all I mean, these- we're, we're, we're- Walter scores the touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Peyton Manning was like in every other commercial. I felt yeah, like it was. It was all the figurines, and it was like long, and it hit a. I don't know. It was just like I like. I like that one. I thought it was well, a cool the Chicago one in us. Yeah, I know the, the Super Bowl party I was at. That got a big reaction when Peyton did his tumble into the end zone. Something sentimental. That was the best. That was the best um, a Super Bowl moment the Bears have had. Since Devin Hester's uh, kick return. Yeah. You want to talk about that for a second? Oh, we should, because I guess we did our pod before the Hester. It's a bunch of crap, Adam. (laughs) Well, it is. It is. But I guess in hindsight, I'm not surprised. I mean, there's no question he should get in. And in my opinion, he's deserving of being a first ballot Hall of Famer. But when once it happened, and I I was at the Hall of Fame press conference, um, you know, we went out there. We're actually in the new NFL offices, which are right across the street from SoFi Stadium. That's where they held the press conference. Um, as soon as it happened and I heard that he wasn't getting in, I was like, and then you saw the the guys who did get in. I was like, okay, this was well, like a was, cleanup. This, it, it, was it was a, a cleanup like, year. Yeah, but like. <sighs> I'm not saying it's right. I just, I'm like, oh, I should have seen that coming, actually. I, I don't like like ripping fellow reporters. And I'm sure Dan Pompey did a fantastic job promoting him. But if you if you've covered the NFL for a long time, like you just know, right? Like 
I get that he was a specialist. I get that he sucked as a wide receiver. I get that, like, he was on the field for 10, 12 plays a game, if that. Yeah. But he changed the freaking game. Yeah. Well, and I made this argument last week. I still believe believe it. Like, his, he still had a huge impact on the offense. Yes. You, If you just want to single out his receiving numbers, then I just think that's so short-sighted. He was such a good returner that he basically gave the Bears an explosive play to start every single drive on offense. You you have to go back and read this piece that Dan Pompey and Mike Sando wrote on Hester. This was a couple months ago, and they were all in on Hester getting in. This is what I strongly believe. But they did such a like a deep piece on how he affected rosters. Mm-hmm. Like teams in, in, in the NFC North, when they fill out the back end of their roster... 40 to 53. They did it specifically to stop Devin Hester. The back end of your roster is your specialists, guys that are backups and have to play in special teams. They targeted certain players that had the speed, they had the tackling ability to play in special teams because Devin Hester was in their division. Mm -hmm. He changed how they did business. Like certain free agents were targeted for their prowess in special teams because Devin Hester was in their division. Check it out. I, I mean, I, I thought that was a strong statement by them. I'm sure. I hope everybody read it. Uh, all the voters read it. But he struck me as a player who deserved serious consideration for first ballot Hall of Fame. This call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of just how special he was. It's just such a short-sighted thing to hold the specialist thing against him. Because any football coach you talk to will tell you how much that changes a game and your weekly preparation when you have a specialist on the other side that you know you have to stop because every coach believes in field position, the numbers back that up and how important that is. And so it's not even just about not giving up a huge game-changing return, which kills you if you give that up. It's about the field position. You you play at a disadvantage the entire game, whether you kick the ball to the returner or not. Because if you don't kick it to them, you're giving up field position that way. And it just it's it's hurting your ability to win. It's an automatic advantage you're getting. And to have that type of impact every single game, just by having your presence, literally walking out in the field, being active. Though to me, like that's that's the, one of the best ways to describe a Hall of Famer. Like that's what Aaron Donald is. When you Aaron Donald's on the other side. You're an offensive coach. You're screwed. Like, that's yeah. your week. Your whole game plan is like, we got to stop that guy. And it's the first snap to the last snap, as you saw on Sunday in the Super Bowl. You know, that, and, and then for the Rams, they had that advantage. And so players like that, that have that big of an impact, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, I don't know how that's not an automatic Hall of Famer. If you know, you know. And I don't like the argument, well, he's eventually going to get in. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some players you just look at, and it, he's a Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. Now, these could be bad analogies because quarterback is a little bit different, but, like, you just know. You just know. When you watch Devin Hester's career, you just knew this guy belonged in the Hall of Fame. Why make him wait? I don't know. Maybe it is a cleanup year. Maybe someone 
Maybe some of the voters see a special distinction in guys being first ballots, first ballot Hall of Famers, and making them wait a year is part of the process. But when you saw the class, like part of the frustration was seeing the class. Yeah. Because you know Devin Hess was a Hall of Famer, and all those guys had to be argued in for years. Exactly. Exactly. And so this is gets into a deeper Hall of Fame discussion because I think it's easy to be like, well, that's not how the Hall of Fame should work. Like, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. But I do think that over the long term, the NFL system does work. It's better than baseball's. Exactly. Like, the way baseball works where you're allowed to vote up to 10 guys, I know there's a lot of politics in it with historical stuff with steroids and things like that, but it's just the the NFL system is better. And I do think that whether it takes, you know, look at how long Jimbo Covert had to wait to get in, but he's a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Hampton had to wait. Denton Hampton had to wait. wait. So you could, you can argue and certainly make an obvious case, like especially Dan Hampton. Dan Hampton or Richard Dent should not have waited as long as they had to wait to get in the Hall of Fame. But they did get in. Like, in the end, they got it right. And I don't think that that's really happening in baseball a lot. Like, there's some big problems. There's going to be a whole era left out of the conversation there forever. Unless, I don't know how, I don't know how the conversation changes on that. And I don't know that anyone that got in on this class, you'd say, oh, they didn't deserve it. It's just, I don't know that they deserved it as much as Devin Hester. So if Hester has to wait a year. that That's my complaint about this year. Like, what's... Yeah. Sam Mills could have waited another year. Yeah. But actually, that's the thing. He couldn't. He was. I think he was in the last year of his eligibility. Was he? Okay. And that's so why that's, he got that's in. Probably, so, yeah, I didn't know that. So this could probably be it. And... and I think that's the other side. This is why this stuff's always tricky, and this is why Hall of Fame debates are both fun and infuriating and annoying a lot. Um, you know, if a guy waits, does he deserve to get in just because it's his last year of eligibility? Why didn't he get in all these other years? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't really have a good uh, counter to that. That's it's a fair point, but I don't know. Dev, Devin will get in. I, I, you know, he will get in, but. It was disappointing that it didn't happen last week, for sure. Who's, I, I don't know who's eligible for the first time next year. I don't know. I haven't gone that far yeah. into it. I got to get into uh, the NFL draft and free agency first before I worry about next year's Hall of Fame class. Yes, you do. <laughs> Bears mock draft 1.0 coming out later today, by the way. Ooh. Ooh. You doing the full? Um. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It always comes yeah. out the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. I... They start with the 39th pick, 37th pick. I have to say, I know they only added one week to the season. Mm. It feels like a month. Mm. Maybe that's just because we had a big coaching and GM search. But I cannot believe it's already February 15th. Yeah. And the combine's in two weeks and free agency's in a month. It's just insane. I'll say this. Um, Coaching surges. They feel like they take forever because they're long days. But in reality, they're only a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Unless you're the Texans. <laughs> just make this up as you go. <laughs> and but then you hire Lovey Smith. And then you hire Lovey Smith. 
you have uh, it feels like a long time, but it's only a couple weeks. But it, it it's exhausting. At least covering it. Heck, track hey, love it, you, how you doing? Hey, love hey, you. Hey, 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 love you. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing? Lovey, I like it. You got to cut out how everybody's doing and just have like an evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the evil lovey laugh. Was it? Was it? Was it Vaughn McClure that had that? Uh, the great Vaughn McClure. Didn't he have a thing on Sports Talk Live once where he was yelling at somebody? He was like, "Say I love you, lovey. Say lovey, I love you, lovey." There's like oh, an old clip. Yeah, yeah. They were arguing. It may have been the cap. I forget. I think it was Vaughn McClure. It was Vaughn. Yeah. That's awesome. How about Sean McVay might just go off into the TV? Is that for real? There's a lot of smoke this morning as we're recording this about that happening. I, the reality is it seems like, um, if you read between the tea leaves, it seems like there is an there is a network out there that is willing to offer him $20 million a year. Come on. Which is just insane. These TV, these TV. Deals He's what, thirty-seven years old right now. He's. I think he just. He's thirty-six, and yeah, he's thirty-six right now. So what does he do? Takes the Gruden path. Well, you think the Rams are going to offer him twenty million dollars a year? Like, look, here's the thing. That doesn't count against the salary cap. You're spending five billion on a stadium. I'd probably spend $20 million a year to keep Sean McVay around yeah. if I'm Stan Kroenke. But, like, let's say all things are equal. $20 million to go do TV, $20 million to coach. Now, you got to understand, these coaches are very, very passionate about coaching. They love it, as stressful as it is. But, some There's of these a TV, level burnout, yeah. By the way, these TV gigs are harder than they look, first of all. But it's not the same level of grind as coaching. Every single day for how many weeks of the year? Waking up at 4 a.m., going to bed at 10, 11 o'clock. And if he wants to come back in five or six years, he can. And everybody will line up to go get him. That's the thing. It's going to be like John Gruden. He's going to have offers every year. Younger John Gruden. Yeah. He could sit out for 10 years. And return at 46 years old. How old is Matt Eberflus? Like 51? Yeah, he's 51. Think about yeah. that. Yeah, I know. He would still be one of the younger coaches in the league if he yes. spent five years doing TV. Yes. Yeah. He could do 10 years of TV. So when you say, is this real? I could see it being real. I could see it being real. I don't well, know. That, that'll shift the power. Right. It, it almost worries me. Like we've seen the, the impact it's had. We've seen the impact it's had on officiating, with these good officials leaving for TV jobs that pay more. I just, I don't. I there's a lot of good coaches in the league, but there's also not many of the top tier ones. There's nine coaches getting fired this year. Well, eight, and then one stepped away. It just, I just worry about what how going down that road. What it would mean. But Sean McVay, McVay would be great on TV. It's great when he's mic'd up. I'd enjoy it. Yeah, there's a good, uh, there's a good NFL films thing on the last few plays of the Super Bowl. If you check it out on Twitter. All right, we should get out of here. Um, any other final thoughts? 
You know the answer to that. <laughs> um, I am wearing the United States curling sweatshirt. USA. Um, tough morning for Team USA. John Schuster. Bad loss to Italy. I didn't think that the Italians would be causing me this much stress during the Olympics, <laughs> but they Here are, we are kicking the USA's butt in curling. Both the mixed doubles. and They're not even good in the team game, but they won today. Bad loss for the U.S. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs now. It, it, isn't this something you should be texting Kevin Fishbane about and not boring our listeners? Oh, Kevin. If anybody would like curling text... Kevin is turned in worse than me. Not that I ever have anybody to actually text about curling, and now I finally do. But but it's like, it's nonstop. I, I, I also think people have to realize that Kevin is um, a prolific texter. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Prolific texter. He's the guy that if you don't get a response in five minutes, you start to worry if he's dead. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's on his phone. Like you follow up five minutes after that, just be like, You sure you're okay? You okay? You all right? You good, bro? <laughs> nah, nah, that's Kevin Fishbane. <laughs> Who I think turned down doing this podcast for like the third straight time. I don't know what's going on there. He's now, on vacation. Now noted. Yeah. But it's starting to become a thing and I'm worried about it. So, you know, if you want to start going after him on Twitter, saying, hey, at least come on and do a curling segment, something, we'd appreciate it. Uh, please find our gear on obviousshirts.com. I'm wearing the hat today. These are awesome. Check them out, obviousshirts.com. Kent, our guy Kent, was wearing rocking it on Radio Row all last week. Love it. It was, it was fantastic. I felt dumb because I didn't even bring mine with Kent. Kent had his going on at the Super Bowl in Los Angeles, and we appreciate that. Did a great job. By the way, the Athletic did a great job uh, at Super Bowl last week, too, and Kent was just pumping out podcasts left and right. Robert Mays, Nate Tice, whole crew. A lot of good stuff. Go back and listen to it. Um, and you can read all the coverage at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. My stuff is up at NBCSportsChicago.com. Later today, Bears Mock Draft 1.0 coming out. And uh, we'll be back Thursday with some more stuff. And then I'm going on vacation, I promise. Not too long. All right, we'll talk to you later. See ya. Ready for the next episode. Anyway, uh, who cares? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.